Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Press Play Lifestyle Inspired podcast, where we do interviews with wonderfully inspiring people like Miss Christina here on topics that help our listeners, that's you, find the resources, tools, and support they need to be their best inspired selves. Morning, Christina. Good morning. How are you? I'm lovely because even though I live in Wisconsin, it is sunny today, and I, I get to see the sunshine, which makes me feel like a human being, which is good. Yeah, is the sky blue? It is, it's like, and it's clear. Nice. Super clear. There's like no clouds, which is perfect. interesting. Yeah, it's, it is pretty perfect. Absolutely. Um, so, Christina, would you mind just telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Christina Flack. I am the CEO and founder of Pretty Girl Makeup. I am a celebrity makeup artist. And I was married to Ken Flack, who was the number one doubles player in the world in the 80s and 90s. He gold medal in Seoul, um, multiple Wimbledons, uh, US Open. Um, he was on the Davis Cup team with his partner, Rob Seguso. They were number one in the world, as I mentioned. And uh, Ken and I were married for eight years before he passed away uh, two years ago. Actually, yesterday was the anniversary of his passing. He... Um, got uh, bronchitis, which turned into pneumonia. We called Kaiser Permanente, uh, who was our medical insurance at the time. Um, to, they, their protocol is you need to call an advice nurse and then they determine whether they bring you in or the doctor calls or, or what happens. So Ken had been, um, he'd had an ear infection and he'd been on pregest, uh, prednisone and he, um, so his immune system was compromised, which they were aware of when he was ill. And both of us, I was on the phone with him at the time. And we said, you know, I've never seen my husband so sick. And he said, yeah, I've got green coming yellow out of nose, throat, everything. It was really pretty yucky. And they said, oh, wow. Okay, well, we'll get a doctor on the phone. So his doctor was Dr. John Culbertson, who got on the phone a couple hours later and prescribed uh, cough medicine with codeine and an inhaler, but no antibiotic. So he clearly had infection all over. And the doctor um, chose not to give him an antibiotic or to see him. Um, and how you prescribe that sort of thing over the phone is still beyond me. But the, the dangerous thing that, you know, my problem is that like, I want there to be change in the medical system, obviously, because I think everyone should be seen, especially if they're saying to you, I, I have, glass in my chest and infection and, you know, and they don't prescribe an antibiotic. So the problem with a cough medicine with codeine that most people aren't aware of, most people think, oh, I'm going to get cough medicine with codeine. It's going to be great. I'm going to sleep. My cold will get better. It's actually the opposite. The cough medicine with codeine suppresses your breathing. So if there's an infection, you're not breathing, you know, like to clear your lungs, it's growing the infection in your lungs. So literally in 12 hours, bronchitis turned into pneumonia. Uh, he started spitting up blood in the morning, so I rushed him to the emergency. Uh, they, he walked in, spitting up more blood. They brought him in, put him on three different oxygens to try and stabilize his breathing, which they couldn't do. Uh, they tested him for sepsis, which he came up positive, and they waited over three and a half hours to give him an antibiotic. Well, that was the end of it. If you, there's a, a golden hour, and I don't, if, you know, depending on how far along you are. Uh, that you know you can obviously be saved of sepsis um, if you're on the right antibiotic. 
but unfortunately, Ken wasn't seen by Kaiser or Dr. Culbertson. Apologies. Uh -huh. And, you know, his infection spread uh, to the point of no return. So when the doctor called me out of the room a few minutes later, he said, you know, I think he could die. And I'm like, no, you better get in there and fix him like now. And um, I wasn't aware that they hadn't given him the antibiotic or they didn't have it in stock. I found out after the fact. If I had known, I would have thrown him in the car and taken him somewhere that did have the antibiotic. Um, so my, they, they also told me that they were going to put Ken, um, intubate him, which what they explained to me was putting him under, clearing out his lungs so he can breathe and, you know, get better. And that sounded perfectly logical to me at the time. However, they didn't tell me that intubation is life support. They didn't tell Ken or I that this was life support. Um, so when I told Ken what they were doing, I just said, you know, sweetie, they're going to put you under, clear out your lungs. You're going to feel so much better. Everything's fine. I promise. Well, that was the last time my husband and I spoke to each other and which is so, it's so hard to believe, you know, I, you know, that it went. So I guess what I want, you know, your listeners to know is that sepsis isn't like the common cold. You don't have until tomorrow to get better tomorrow. There's no tomorrow. If you get it and you're not treated or not given the proper medication, you will die. Your organs shut down very quickly. So this happened on a Thursday. We called Kaiser and spoke to Dr. Culbertson Wednesday. On Thursday, I took him into the emergency. He was on life support Thursday. Friday, um, the UCSF medical team, that was their last resort, was to call them in to bring, to connect him to an ECMO machine, which is this amazing machine. They brought like 15 people out from San Francisco to Marin County, where we were at the Kaiser in San Rafael, to, to get him stable, to take him, transfer him to San Francisco, because that is like one of the top hospitals in the country, if not the world. So the ECMO machine basically pumps the blood for your body so you can heal. Um, Ken's organs were all shutting down, his arms and legs turned black, um, and I didn't, under, I thought, you know, well, that's just part of the disease. I thought it'll go away when he gets better because I wasn't giving up hope on, on him, you know, surviving. Um, I brought a specialist in and they said, well, if he survives, we're going to have to amputate his arms and legs. And that was on Monday. And I just said, you know, my husband was a professional athlete, lived to play golf, adored his children, loved me loved his life and I was never going to allow him to to, you know, live with no arms and legs. I mean, he would have figured out a way to kill me if I had done that, you know, bitten me or something. I don't know. But so anyway, I had to make a horrible decision with our children to take him off life support. Um, and it was not, you know, for our children to see their dad, you know, deteriorate that fast in front of their eyes is unforgivable. You know, I, my husband was my best friend in the entire world. We were always together. We did everything. You know, I'm not saying our marriage was perfect, but it was great. You know, I adored him. He loved me, you know, and now I don't have my person, you know? And so when the, uh, after he passed, the sepsis Alliance contacted me about, you know, using Ken's likeness 
to raise awareness and if I would be willing to speak. And, you know, I'm a, ma I'm a makeup artist. I like being behind the camera. It's not my natural place to be in front of it. But I felt that, you know, because of who Ken was, I wanted to honor him. Um, I didn't want anyone else to, I don't want anyone else to lose their person or their child or anyone because they weren't aware. So I'm trying since for the past two years, I've been trying to raise awareness for sepsis. And I would love to, you know, make change in the medical system as well. I don't want doctors like Dr. John Colbertson to not prescribe, to not see their patients and then misdiagnose. And because there's going to be nothing but loss of life. And that's just unacceptable. There's no reason for that. The problem with a company like Kaiser is that part of their business plan is allotting for people dying because they don't want, they give bonuses to their doctors for not seeing their patients. So the more, you know, they give, you know, a bonus for not seeing a patient. Well, because my husband wasn't seen, he died. Because he wasn't seen, he wasn't given the proper medication, the proper diagnosis, and the proper treatment. So, you know, it's, it's horrible. It really it's is. Horrible. So, um, this, it, so much has happened to you and your family and, um, that is unforgivable. Um, but I think that the inspiring part of that story is two years later, here you are still advocating, um, this CEO of your own company, still raising your children. So uh, how did you kind of get through something like that? You know, I, I, we didn't touch on it yet, but I mean, you had quite a bit going on. You, you lost a child, you lost your mother, you lost your husband. Um, and with all of that being said, you're still out there being an advocate. You're still running your own company. I mean, what gives one the the wherewithal to kind of keep moving through that and and doing what you're still doing? I think I'm, you know, my husband used to make jokes that I'm Stalin's granddaughter, I'm Russian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the trick I'm, is to be Russian. <laughs> exactly. It's enough being Russian, right? Um, I feel that after my son passed away, I went into a very dark place. I was taking, you know, sleeping pills just to numb the pain and function for about a month, which isn't that long. But for me, because I am incredibly disciplined, it is a long time for me to not be on my normal path of waking up and having a green juice and my supplements and going to yoga and running and doing all that I do and raising my children. So I realized I think one of my girlfriends who I refer to as my wives <laughs> said, you know what, enough's enough. Like, we know you're in pain, but you've got other kids that you need to raise, like get it together. And so I'm like, you're right. Enough is enough. Um, so I, you know, happiness is a choice. Grief is an interesting thing. Everyone deals with it differently. Um, I choose now i mean how i've chosen since i knew that after ken passed that i couldn't go into that dark place because i knew what it was like and i knew it was even going to be worse you know when my son passed away my i had my ex-husband at the time so i had that well now my person's gone you know and i don't have that so i knew that i really had to rely on my friends and family um i renewed my faith in god i i meditate i 
you know, I I was exercising like morning and afternoon, a yoga class, Pilates or a hike or something just to keep my head and body calm. Cause that I knew that if I didn't, it was going to not be a good, you know, outcome for anyone. And, you know, I have four other children that I need to raise. And the only thing that I can do, my words are not going to mean anything to them. I need to live the right example. I have to show them like, okay, I'm waking up. Yes, I'm having hard times. And yes, I cry. And I'm depressed sometimes a lot, but I have to put positive energy out into the world. I know that my husband and my mom and my son and all my angels up in heaven are watching down on me. And I know that they're proud and that they help me through these hard times. And I personally, you know, I, everyone grieves differently, as I mentioned, but I think wallowing one's grief is incredibly selfish. It's not doing anything for you, your family or friends. And, you know, I think happiness and joy and positivity are infectious. So if people see that you're trying, um, that they're, you know, it's just makes the world a better positive cycle. And, and I, and I really believe that. And I, you know, I've told my kids, you know, you don't get to be, you know, have, can be married to Ken Flack or Ken Flack is your father only when it's like getting tickets or passes to some VIP event. This is the time when you need to use his name to a honor him and b make use his name to help others, to help people not go through what we're going through. Um, so that's how I meditation, prayer, you know, exercise, um, making a difference. I making, don't know. It does yeah. make me feel good. I, you know, I get calls and emails from people that tell me that they've seen an interview or of mine and it's, they got their loved one to a hospital and saved their life. So I'm so grateful. I was unaware, Ken was unaware of how incredibly dangerous sepsis was. I had no idea he was septic. I thought he had bronchitis and pneumonia. Never did I think he wasn't going to survive. Never. Right. You know, I didn't think anything could kill my husband. He was a big, strong man. 10 foot tall and bulletproof, right? And then not. he was a superman in my eyes. Yeah. So one of the, um, things that you said, it really struck me. And we, we, you know, of course we prepared before the interview was you said, um, you talked a lot about your, your son, your youngest son. And, um, you said how you, you've honored your husband's memory, but it sounds like it's, you're kind of passing that along to your children as well. Do you want to share with us at all? What, what your youngest son has just recently been able to do? My youngest son is a twin. His name's Ben. And his, Bo, his twin is Bo, and he passed away on Christmas Day when he was four and a half months old. And uh, I started um, an educational fund at the Northern Lights School in Oakland to raise money for children that are underprivileged to have a private school experience. Their success rate is 98% to go on to college and get a degree. It's amazing. So I did that for, for Bo. And so while Ken was alive, we were involved with the school and there was, um, five, there's a bunch of athletes involved, you know, around the Bay area, the giants, the 49ers, the Raiders, the A's, the sharks, uh, 
they have all donated their time and money to keep this school going because it's it's run on grants and donations. It doesn't get any funding from the government. So uh, there's a golf tournament, that, a celebrity golf tournament every year in October. And Ben, for the last four years, my son Ben's an amazing golfer. He has gone on that on the, the fifth hole. It's a par three and raise money it's called beat the kid so people give him money and then he hits the ball for them and they can use it to go on so ben uh you know every year has raised you know three thousand five thousand but this past year he raised thirty five thousand five hundred dollars oh my goodness yes and the magnitude of that is so huge because that thirty five thousand five hundred dollars enables three children who would normally not be able to attend this private school to go to school for an entire year. So it changes, you know, families, lives of one of, you know, the student, but it also is changing communities and the world by those three lives being changed in a positive way. So I'm so proud of my son. He's my hero. Oh, it makes me cry. Uh, he's, he's your, he's your uh, different kind of person, right? He's my different person. He, and I always, he always, I always tell him, I said, you are the love of my life, the pick of the litter, mama, good boy. And you know, you're my, he's my angel. So yeah, he's your, he's your littlest or your littlest at home. He is my, yeah. I said, I have a littlest too. And I might say stuff like that about him too, but he still likes it. He's like, mom, really? Like I'm five foot nine and bigger than you. And I know hardly little, but in my, my 14 year old is five, nine and I'm five, seven. Yeah. And she's a size 11 foot. And so I've always called her, um, nanner, nanner, but I was like, nanner, nanner, nincompoopoo face, but I'm not allowed to call her that now, but her name is Ava. So I don't even know where that happened, but I know she's like, mom, my friends. Kids. Yeah. And they're horrified with, you know, how we, yeah, you know, I try to resist. I know it's so hard. Though. I know, but she's so, she's still so cute. I know. She doesn't think so, but you know, so that's, I mean, I think that's amazing. But so in addition to all the things that you're doing, I think you're just recently um, taping a TV show, weren't you? Like filming a TV show in LA and yes. running a company. How do you do all this stuff? I'm disciplined. <laughs> I, and I don't even think I get enough done in a day. I know that must sound incredibly crazy. I, so I was down in Los Angeles uh, filming a TV series uh, for Fox call with Isaiah Washington, who is my new favorite human. I love him. Uh, uh, it's called uh, Isaiah Washington Kitchen Talk. And mm -hmm. so it's a really interesting concept of, of, you know, a talk show, but you know how everyone always congregates to the kitchen while one cooks. So uh, the, it's a, it's a really great talk show of people, of he and a guest cooking and then sitting down and having conversation. And I, you know, sometimes when you have the distraction of food or a glass of wine, you, you open up much more than if you're just sitting in front of the camera. It's, it's stressful, even if you're accustomed to being in front of the camera, you're not gonna really open up quite as much as, as you would if you were eating and kind of distracted and acting like you're just having a conversation with your friend. So and it's beautifully, uh, they did a beautiful job with the food and the settings. And I think it's gonna be a really great show. I'm really excited. It's gonna be airing on Fox Nation end of April. Oh, that sounds so exciting. Yes. How much fun. Does your, do you ever get to take your children with you on your adventures? 
you know what? Sometimes I used to more. My kids are all are pretty much grown. My daughter, Melania, lives in London. She's a fashion designer. My daughter, Rose, uh, she is in the TV industry. She went to NYU Film School, graduated with honors. Proud mom. Uh, <laughs> and uh, she is a writer on uh, the reboot of Mad About You. So she just wrapped her first season with that. And she's got a bunch of other writing projects going on. And my son, Nikolai, is 19. He's a freshman in college. He plays golf. He wants to turn pro. And Ben is amazing. He's in seventh grade and plays basketball and golf. And he's super smart and does well in school. And oh, Sounds like you have a lot of blessings. Right? I do. I have so many. But do you want to tell us a little bit? We didn't even get to touch on it, so I don't want to like not have an opportunity. But um, you also are celebrity makeup artist, CEO of your own makeup company. So anything you'd like to share about your company that you run, you know, in your spare time? Yeah, when I have all that time. Um, so I, <laughs> I'm the CEO of Pretty Girl Makeup. I started it, oh my gosh, in 1999, a long time ago. Um, we won't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Like actually, like nine months ago. No, uh, yeah, right. so I, I started the company. I'm, you know, all my products are made in the United States. They're natural. I wanted them to, you know, I'm self-funded, so I, you know, couldn't create like a billion-dollar, you know, company. So I started with lip gloss and lip plumper, and I tested it on my friends, <laughs> who are all different, you know, skin shades, um, because I wanted the colors to look good on everyone. And it's so great because that my, my colors do look great on every skin tone, which I'm really proud of. Uh, it took much longer than I expected. I thought it was going to be like, you know, a couple afternoons and we'd be in stores, but it uh, took over a year to formulate the lip gloss and lip plumper and, and then get the correct colors. So um, it's been so much fun. Um, I love it creating new products. They, I was inspired by Benefit Cosmetics, who I actually just did a campaign for, which funny enough, um, for some pore cream that they have that's fantastic. Um, and I, you know, I'm not curing cancer or sepsis. I'm a makeup artist. And if I can give another woman some joy and laughter with a lip gloss called Rich Husband or Pretty Girl Lunch or Day at the Spa, that's fantastic. Cause you know, I'm a mom, you're a mom. It's exhausting being us doing yeah. 18,000 things and keeping our house clean and working out and making dinner and lunch and helping out. Like it's a lot. And sometimes we need literally 10 seconds to just put on a little lip gloss, like look down at the name, laugh a second and get on with our life. And we all deserve to be pretty. Yes. And pretty on the inside, not just pretty on the outside. Absolutely. And that's kind of part of my job as a makeup artist as well is making people feel, you know, I don't have a lot of time when someone gets into my makeup chair. I mean, sometimes I have a half hour, an hour, and sometimes I don't. So I'll, I have to figure out very quickly what that person needs to feel good to go in front of the camera. Do they want quiet? Do they want to talk? Do they want to talk to me? Do they want to hear me talk about something? So um, I've been really blessed. I get to be Oprah Winfrey when I get someone in my chair for a little bit. I get to interview them like you're interviewing me. Yeah. I, um, I've had Condoleezza Rice. I've had Metallica Journey. I've had all these amazing athletes. Um, you know, Isaiah Washington. I've had a, a lot of Tyler Florence, Bobby Flay, um, you know, Dana Perino, Tucker Carlson. I've had a lot of amazing, amazing people in my chair that I've gotten to have really you know, intimate moments with and talk to them about their life, my life. And, you know, it's, it's, that's one of the 
definite gifts with purchases of my job is being able to have that one-on-one -on -one time with, with these extraordinary people that, you know, I would never normally have. Absolutely. So do you have any like parting words for our audience? There's so many things that you're doing, but just either any last minute advice or where they can find pretty girl makeup or anything like that. Okay. Well, you can find pretty girl makeup online at prettygirlmakeup.com. If you're interested in seeing any of my work, you can go to christinaflack.com. Um, I'm represented by artist services in San Francisco, LA, and New York. So you can go to their website and see my work. Um, you know, I just wish everyone to be happy and loved in their life. And if I can, if anyone could take away anything from this would be, you know, wake up in the morning and decide to have a beautiful, happy, loving day. Love whoever it is in your life, your children, your person, whoever. Wear sunscreen, drink water, I, you know. <laughs> all the good stuff. Do all the good things. You know, meditate, pray. I don't know. Have balance in your life. I think that's really, really important. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I know you're super busy. You're in LA and you're going to movie filming shows and putting makeup on all the beautiful people. But um, I really do appreciate you sharing your story with your husband, especially with the anniversary of his passing just coming up and, and your wonderful son, Ben, and My all of Ben. He is amazing. I know. He's amazing. So thank you so much. And I look forward to staying in touch. I do too. Thank you so much. Have a Take wonderful day. You too.